It's the Morgan Evans More or Less Pickleball podcast coming at you in three, two, one, boom. My guest today is a top player, and he's exactly what you'd hope for. He's tall, good-looking, full head of hair. Uh, That's just kind of annoying. Anyway, we're going to talk about the state of the game and his game. So listen up for the pulse of Pro Pickleball, or if you're interested in the making of a champ. Either way, please welcome Mr. Patrick Smith. Oh, he's also kind of Kiwi, but don't hold that against him, all right? You can probably speak to that pretty well in terms of the evolution of this game already. You've played it for a while now, and you mentioned somebody as good as Martin, you know, three, four years ago prior to his knees being bad and having to be replaced. I mean, when you used to play these events, how many of these early round easy matches did you have until you encountered a really tough match? Yeah, there was at least two, often three matches, where you could somewhat look beyond and be like, okay, because we kind of knew each other, and anyone you couldn't see. Uh, and you couldn't recognize on the first round. These days, I'm afraid of those people. Back then, nah, he's fine. You start thinking which who you've got in the quarters, who you've got in the semis, and start planning You know how you're going to practice the kinds of things that'll help you win those matches throughout your first few matches. Now, there's, no, there's really no scrubs anymore, but there are people who are certainly going to be nervous, and you know when they come up against someone like you and Jay, this sort of training to deal with that most people can't get that, you know, between the, the power and the reach, consistency and hand speed, unless you live near you, it's tough to, to get any kind of practice. So therefore, I think, you know, it's a deer in the headlights scenario. I knew when I first met you and saw you two on the court, I thought, oh, the game has changed now. And I felt pretty lucky that we came away with that win and TOC. I'm not, I don't quite remember the score, but... The first game was pretty, I think, was closer, we had, but then... Uh... I'd never seen you bloody serve before. That thing just skipped on me like no one's business. And it took it took a little bit to adjust, to be honest with you. And that bucking was definitely a learning experience. Good. That was good. You know, it, was, it put everything in perspective, obviously, you know, because for us, Josh had said right away, I said, you know, we could do pretty well on this pretty quickly. And, you know, I had no idea. He had played a couple of tournaments prior to me. And uh, so he kind of knew, you know, the, the names. And I only knew, I've only seen Matt and Lucy play, right? So, and Jack, but... Uh, it was just interesting to see really, you know, certain other games, certain other spins, certain other tendencies of play and, and better dinking and more mm. consistency and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it kind of get, put everything in perspective that power might not necessarily be the, well, it's definitely not the most important thing. I can tell you that one. <laughs> if it was, we'd do a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The power without the control unfortunately, is often more of a liability than anything else. So as you two grow as a team and embrace the level of patience that unfortunately is required to really get the ball that you need, not just the ball you wanted, sometimes that's you know a two or three year period. And I think it's getting tougher and tougher. I look at it like I see you two kind of reminds me of Chinese bamboo trees. And that might not make much sense at all. But have you ever had a or seen a bamboo tree that yeah. They have a very strange growth cycle. Apparently, if you're, you're trying to grow a, uh, a traditional Chinese bamboo tree, it's planted, it's in the ground, and you have to water and fertilize for five years, and it never comes through, and it just looks like dirt. But if you miss one of those days of watering and fertilizing, it's probably never going to happen. But if you're diligent and you keep doing it again and again, after about five years, 
it'll finally break through the ground and it'll grow about 90 feet in five weeks, which is amazing. I mean, if you think about that, who is going to put in all the time and effort with no promise that that thing is ever going to actually come out of the ground? It's tough, but uh, that's exactly what you guys are having to do. There's other people like you two out there. There are big, strong tennis players that are thinking, oh yeah, this pickleball thing, that's low-hanging fruit. We're amazing tennis players. Why don't we just go over there and we'll crush everybody? Well, it used to be simple enough to do that, but now, unfortunately, it takes a little more work. Well, I think also as a tennis game has evolved, there's way less emphasis on a slice and on a volley itself. It's all in a lot of its baseline, power baseline. Well, pickleball, one of the most important things is touch and hand speed, right? So I think the transition is there early on, but to get to the next level, I personally think that you can, you can increase your hand speed, yes. But you either embrace staying up at the line and taking it, potentially getting hit, mm. or you just back off the line naturally without even wanting to. But that's just, you know, you're just a little bit of maybe even afraid of that. And you just, you have a hard time staying in there and just trying to punch out and counter punching that, that high speed because there's not much distance, right? From the, from mm. the time or from the location of the ball connecting on the opponent's paddle to you at the kitchen line. I mean, it's 14 feet. And then if both are reaching in, yeah. you're talking about eight to 10 feet and high speed. I think that's something that is you can't really you can't really teach. No, you're right. My plan from day one to kind of get past this because I you know I never reached the level of tennis that you or or Jocelyn have reached, and I thought my best chance was just to start as many fights up at the kitchen line and attack early and often because then organically I'm just going to get into a whole bunch of hand speed battles. I knew I could probably learn how to dink and then it would just be a matter of time before I embraced the level of patience required to do that well. But I was worried about the hand speed stuff and I'm still worried about it. I'm always trying to figure out new ways to improve hand speed. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm looking at my hand right now. I've got scabs all over my knuckles on <laughs> my right hand. One, two, three, four, five just from this last weekend, you know, <laughs> uh, that's part of the game. I mean, yeah. but again, there's, there's a lot of people that have a hard time staying in there. And it wasn't tennis the same way when you play doubles, you know, you naturally either split step forward and stay up at the line or close the net where you don't, right? You either move towards the tennis strap and poach or you just move horizontally or even back off. Uh, and same in the kitchen line, I think, you know, a lot of people get afraid by the pace. And if you're afraid of the pace, you know, of a drive coming at you, it's just physics, you're going to pop the ball up more, more likely. And, you yeah. know, then it's kind of finding a downhill battle and it's going to be very difficult. No matter how good your, your counter-punching is or no matter how good your defense is, you're most likely not going to win that, especially at the high level. So, you know, you're, you're going to have to embrace that truly. Yeah, and I think you're almost inviting the attack. The moment someone backs up, that's the point where the other player is realizing, oh, perfect, this is the time to do it because... Their body language is telling me that they're afraid. Well, one, one of the things early on when I started playing, you know, even with Matt, one of the things he told me, he said, you want to be up at the kitchen line. You know, I said, the minute I see somebody back off the kitchen line, whether it's a dink or an attack, I'm trying to hit the ball to their feet. Mm. You know, the minute I see them even just a foot or two feet behind the kitchen line, all that means I'm not going to try and put the ball away, but I'm going to most likely, if I put it in that spot down, they're going to have to hit up and I'm probably going to create an error out of them. And the error doesn't mean an out ball or a net ball. It means something that's attackable again for me the next shot. And uh, you know, that makes so much sense. It kind of illustrates exactly what I was saying. If you, if you back off the line, you, you know, you're asking for trouble. Certainly. It's very easy to become a piñata in this game. <laughs> for sure. It's a tricky one, though, because you know, one clear characteristic that top teams have is their ability in the transition area and how they dig their way out of trouble and somehow play a, an unattackable ball from an area that's often two, three, four, five, six feet back from the kitchen line and then rejoin proceedings. 
because we all, whether you like to or not, everyone pops something up eventually. And you're either going to eat it very, very hard or you're going to buy yourself a fraction of a second. And we're talking at most one one one-tenth of of a second or so to possibly get a paddle on a ball, reset it, and then live to fight another day. Choosing which is the lesser of two evils. Well, that's for better minds than I. But I think if you look at like the most or the, the best defensive team out there, probably Tyson Riley when you talk when you're talking about transition zone play, right? Mm. I mean, they're just phenomenal. You just have to tip your hat. I mean, yeah. they're so good at, at elongating those points. They're not trying to, you know, they're backing off, yes, but they're not trying to stay in there. What they're trying to do is drop a ball back in. And the minute they do that, the minute they can figure that one out within a point, I'll bet anything I have that both their backsides are right back at the kitchen line. Oh, for sure. And they're resetting the point and starting that whole point over. And it becomes very frustrating for the attacking team because you're like, oh man, all this work. I just swung a Mark 5 20 times. The bloody ball is still alive and here we go again. Reset the whole thing from a mental standpoint. If you can get back in there, I think you might even have a leg up if you can withstand that first attack and turn that defense that you just played back into a neutral positioning on the court. I think you have a good chance of winning that point at that point, just mentally alone. Oh, it's such a, an emotional letdown for a team that has essentially pinned another team back again and again and again and again, but never actually being able to finish the point when that team finally comes up and rejoins proceedings up at the kitchen line. You, you feel like, what, what do I have to do? Uh, let's try another lob. Well, yeah, I mean, I was watching, I was watching Riley and Lindsay play a mix against Ben and Simone, and I mean, hats off to Riley. The shots he got back, I mean... It's incredible, isn't bloody it? Bloody hell. Yeah. I mean, all over. Yeah. But again, it speaks for his determination of never wanting to give up, you know, and knowing the point's not over. You know, my dad used to say, but the point's not over till the fat lady sings, you know, <laughs> like an opera. So yeah. it's definitely a Kiwi saying or Aussie saying, most likely. But it really, I mean, he really embraces that. And same with Tyson. You can see that they're never going to give up any point, whether they win it or not. But they have that, I guess Tyson calls it the inner dog. <laughs> he told me that a couple of times and, you know, just sheer determination of leaving everything out there. Yeah. As they say, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Exactly. Yeah. Well, mm. they, they definitely uh, you know, got a good, good fight going on every point. Let's pause it just briefly there with Pat for a quick tip from our sponsor, Coach Me Pickleball. So, you're engaged in a dinking rally and it occurs to you that you're getting picked on by your opponents. Maybe your soft game is weaker than your partner's or perhaps your opponents are just testing to see if you can handle the pressure. For now, we need a strategy to get you off the hot seat. Most players are far more comfortable dinking cross-court than they are down the line, and with good reason. There's a lot more margin for error cross-court. To get yourself out of trouble, it's time to start dinking down the line. Not just once, not just twice. Do it continuously until your opponent either takes the risk of attacking you or redirects to your partner. If they are comfortable dinking down the line with you, then you can instantly make yourself the most dangerous player on the court by straddling the sideline and the kitchen line. Or if you're feeling very ambitious, by attempting the famous Ernie shot. Remember, it's the threat of these things more than anything else that's going to force your opponents to think twice about attacking you, and you'll get off the hot seat. For more lessons on a variety of topics, go to coachmepickleball.com. Ah, that's good stuff. Definitely should probably do that sometime. Maybe at the US Open. Well, that leads me to the next question. What's uh, what's next for you? You're at the US Open, right? Yeah, the US Open is next. Unfortunately, because of work, I can't do the split division. I would have loved to have played that. Dane Gingrich had asked me early on, and 
I was trying to make it work and I just would work the, I just can't just because of the way it's scheduled, you know, if it was, mm. if it was a Thursday and then we play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it wouldn't, I could have made it happen. But that being early on in the week, I have so much work at the beginning of that week that there's no way I can fly there, come back, fly back. It's just, not going to work. Plus, he upgraded anyway with a guy called Ben John. So, oh, you know, I see. Well, tough to be dinging rich, you know, yeah, for that one. That's fair. But I would love to play that. So I'm just playing men's and mix like I always do with that with Jocelyn and Lauren. Okay. And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. I don't know how much the prank and ball and the humidity and the heat will be. Oh. How much fun that'll be. But I don't know how well it plays into our skill set. But. I mean, we're going to leave it all out there. Good luck with that. Yeah, I would say if I was you, start your prehydration uh, routine. Today. Yeah, today. <laughs> don't don't wait much longer because there's really nothing you can do. It's going to be hard not have a couple of gold ones. You know? mm. Oh, yeah. I've never figured out that. My best uh, has always been okay. I'm going to limit myself to two beers and I'm going to try to get them done before 8 p.m. So it shouldn't really affect <laughs> sleep much. Two beers and one at a time. Well, possibly. I mean, let's not, yeah. you know, let's not say anything on the air that's too incriminating. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if I was to radically change my body composition during a tournament, that's that's probably not going to go well, is it? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, it, might be, it might be more of a shock to your body needs. Right, well. yeah. The worst thing would be for me figuring out, I think I have withdrawals. I don't need that kind of information. Ignorance is bliss. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not just the American <laughs> way. It's kind of the Australian yeah. way as well. <laughs> exactly. All right, mate. Well, I appreciate your time. There was all kinds of stuff I wanted to get into, but we've had such a good chat on the raw subject of elite-level pickleball. I figure we, we can uh, conquer some of the other stuff another time if possible. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. Beautiful. That's a pleasure. All right, Matt. Well, take care of yourself. Uh, Go and get some liquid IV and we will see you in Naples. Sounds good, mate. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Take care, mate. This podcast was powered by Selkirk. This podcast is also brought to you by the next generation of Selkirk Paddle, the Vanguard. That's all we've got time for, folks. I'm Morgan Evans, and this has been More or Less Pickleball. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, my side is anyway. Yours is terrible.